Episode 42, gallerist Yuri Cole. My name is Michael Delgado, and I'm your host. I come to you each week from the spectacular library bar in the magnificent Mayfair Hotel right here in downtown L.A. My appointment is prompt. He bounds through the lobby doors with a nervous energy, and he holds a book in his left hand. I can't make out the title. He must have taken the Metro. It's time to meet. You know Geiger's bookstore across the street? I think I may have passed it. You know Geiger by sight? Geiger's in his early 40s, medium height, fattish, soft all over, Charlie Chan mustache, well-dressed, wears a black hat, affects the knowledge of antiques and hasn't any. And, oh, yes, I think his left eye is glass. Hello. 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 My guest today is longtime fixture in the L.A. art scene, Yuri Cole. He's a filmmaker, curator, and founder of the Fine Arts Film Festival and the Venice Institute of Contemporary Art. He's here to talk about his new gallery space in the Bendix building in nearby South LA. Please welcome Yuri Cole. All right, well, welcome Yuri Cole. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, no, I'm excited to have you back. And, uh, you know, anytime somebody's going to tilt at windmills like I am with the bookstore, I'm happy to encourage them. So uh, we have you on because you're opening a gallery. Yeah, uh, the Venice Institute of Contemporary Art, otherwise known as VICA, is opening at the Bendix Building on February 8th. And we are super excited. Uh, we moved from our galleries in South LA, generously known as San Pedro or Pedro. We moved from there, and we didn't know if we were going to find a new space, but we found one at the Bendix building, and we're super stoked because the Bendix has a lot of galleries in it, so it's a great atmosphere for people to come to. Um, and the Bendix is on, like, 12th and Maple. Yeah, 12th and Maple in the, in the fashion district. Right. And uh, there's parking downstairs. There's ample parking on the streets when we have openings because, um, you know, it's on the weekends usually and stuff right. like that, so... It's cool. It's a really great building. Well, good. So let's uh, go back from uh, Vica in San Pedro. You had been there for a year, right? Year and a half. A year and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did a bunch of. We had a. It was really fun. We did a bunch of really great exhibits there, and um, we got to experiment, uh, which was really fun, and we had a lot of space, and we have a lot of space here. But it was important that I moved to a place we moved to a place that's more centrally located easier for people to get to and more connected to the downtown alley art scene right and you're so the opening is february 8th right right that's a saturday and that's uh what time that's uh seven to ten um we do have a uh, uh preview from five to seven for some media people and, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and then there's an after party at the at LA Art Bar in uh, on the west side. Oh. Even afterwards, so it's gonna be fun. And uh, the the show is yes the inaugural yes the inaugural exhibition is the inaugural exhibition is um, 50 years of oil and water, Glorianne Harris, 1969 to 2020. Uh, she is an artist who's under. Um, Overlooked, perhaps, 
Uh, she's been in Art in America and curated by Peter Frank and John Lees and myself into a lot of shows, but she was kind of under the radar mm -hmm. teaching um, generations of painters in Los Angeles at places like Otis and El Camino College and West LA College and a bunch of other places. And she's been painting quietly, staying out of the art world for a while. Started getting back in about five years ago when we um, we connected, and I've been showing her regularly. And uh, it's time for her to have a retrospective. So we went into her archives, which in she's basically been painting for 50 years mm. and just putting it away. <laughs> and so we pulled out a bunch of amazing work and the work is literally almost all of it never been seen before oh wow that's amazing and so tell us a little bit i, I know a little bit about her um but and and the milieu she was in so she was connected with nam june paik and charlotte mormon at uh documenta six in Kassel, germany uh where she helped the, do the first live satellite broadcast of an art performance. Uh, this was in 1977, I think. She graduated from Otis in 1970 with an MFA. Uh, so she had a lot of um, classmates that are pretty well known now. Um, she w was in Art in America. Peter Frank put her in an exhibit in the Foundations Gallery in New York. She's always been a painter who's focused on color, mm -hmm. but color when it's based as as it applies to nature and uh, and close observation of natural color especially along the coast and so her first paintings out of college were hard edge paintings that were basically i would say advanced versions of the kind of thing that billy l bankston was doing and uh, robert indiana were doing a very very um, they had taken color i think a hard edge color painting in a a new direction and the thing was it she just didn't show them very much mm. and so when you look at them now you're kind of blown away by what she's done and you kind of have to see them to get a feel for it yeah well, we have them I, on our I Instagram look, too. yeah I did look at some of the work I'd never seen it live um, yeah and I was just curious on what is the scale of most of the pieces well the the pieces range we have um, a four-part painting which is I would say about 25 feet long oh, yeah. by seven feet high yeah. um, and then we have uh, three or four seven foot by seven foot paintings uh, she also early in her career was doing um, shaped canvases which nobody was doing and so everybody told her she couldn't do it and so we have this triptych that's bolted together that's in the gallery that when you walk in you'll see which is amazing what year was that 1970 many of her paintings are besides that size they're in the four foot by four foot range mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of smaller stuff too right right yeah i thought I, I, from the images i saw online I, I thought they would be large yeah i mean the stuff i've shown in the past uh, let's say five years have all been small they've all been 30 inches or less mm -hmm. on, on a side. Um, you know, very approachable um, in terms of, you know, cost and, 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 and all that. But the, the wonderful thing about them is that um, 
the, the consistency. Uh, because later in her career, she went from uh, hard edge color, hard edge um, painting to color field painting. The way I describe her work is that she's sort of a, she has influences from Mark Rothko, uh -huh. Richard Diemenkorn, and I would say a bit of Van Gogh. Uh, Peter Frank recently said about her work that she is um, really a light and space uh, artist, but she doesn't use what the light and space artists use. Instead of using what they use, she uses you know brushes and a canvas and paint. Mm -hmm. And that and that's a really wonderful explanation of her work. And I was very pleased to to hear that from him, very very recently. Yeah, that, uh, about uh, yeah, and looking at it, I can see how it would come to that. They do look spectacular. It's an it's a tremendous show, and I'm hoping that it blows people away as much as it blows me away, mm -hmm. because doing this has sort of been like. I explained it to her when we were going through her garage looking at her work. It was like excavating treasures when we were pulling stuff out. Did she have a preference of like when you're going through it or is she just going, well, there's this. Here's no, she, she, I mean, there were things that she had forgotten about. There were things that she was, you know, she's, she's pretty much said, well, you know, at least I'm consistent because every time <laughs> she looks at her stuff, she's like, okay, I know I did this and I know I did that. And the great thing about the show is we have a real a chance to see her progression when she went from hard edge painting to um, color field painting. And what I mean by that is that there are multiple. She built. She would build up a painting with multiple small strokes of paint that you can see. Mm. Whereas the hard edge painting, you're not meant to see the stroke so much. It's, but she's very consistent about her approach to atmosphere. Atmosphere has a lot to do with what she. The atmosphere of light, the atmosphere of mist on water, fire, basic core elements in nature, but they don't—they're not naturalistic painting. I mean, they're not. Yeah, they don't. They're not represent. They're not representational of nature. They—they they have this embodiment of it, but they almost technologically, in some ways, calculated. And it's really hard to explain. You mm -hmm. have to. You just yeah. have to come no, see them. Sounds great. And again, that's. February 8th in the Benedict Building, 7 o'clock to 9. 7 o'clock to 10. 7 to 10, okay. Yeah, and uh, and I encourage everybody to come out. Um, you can find out about us on... Um, Will there be other galleries open that night as well? I hope so. Space? I hope so. We expect a crowd. So we can fit a lot of people in there. Um, and we plan on having uh, you know, a big celebration. And uh, I'm super excited. I'm super psyched about it. Like yeah, super it sounds size. fantastic. And so I wanted to ask you, um, this being your inaugural, uh, is this setting the tone in terms of the type of artist that you're going to show, or is I, I would say overlooked. I would say overlooked Southern California artists. Let's put it this way: when you can focus on one or two artists at a time, you're able to focus on their individual histories a lot more. And those histories are all related to Southern California and the and the relationship that they have to the to the environment we live in. So the show that, that comes up after this one is Robert Nelson, who I unquote unquote discovered through the LA Art Association portfolio reviews I do, because I review the portfolios for them, and I, I met him there. Mm -hmm. And he's um, hasn't, in my opinion, hasn't, he's done, um, he did um, 
a show in Miami through ThinkSpace, mm -hmm. um, and I thought that they were going to grab him, but they didn't, and so I offered him a solo show. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he's he's not super well known, but he's super accomplished. And so people like that. Well, where what does his work look like? What he does is he combines iconography from the present day, from cinema a lot of times, or comics, or um, or um, pop culture, pop references. culture references, with Renaissance, often Renaissance culture references, and so he, we we have a painting called um, uh, Frank and Mona, which is a combination of Frankenstein and Mona Lisa combined <laughs> together, and Frankenstein is rendered like a Renaissance painting, and Mona Lisa is rendered like a Renaissance painting in pencil. And these are multiple layers of acrylic built up. So when you look at the painting, you can't believe somebody hand drew it, uh. but it's all hand drawn. It looks like it was done on a computer, uh. but it's done by hand. It's uh. incredible stuff. And it follows from what Glorian does because it has this rigorous um, technical quality. I don't know if I'll continue doing that with, um, with artists, but what I really love about it is that there's this freedom about Southern California culture that allows you to combine things and put things together. Um, we've also got a project space in the in the in the uh, gallery that we're opening up to people from the outside to be a part of. Share. What is, what is that? Well, imagine um, a sort of uh, modular space in a gallery that could be used as so it's not a, a room. But it's a space that's obviously delineated from the rest of the gallery. And we're using that for the experimental side of our, um, you know, my practice, right. our practice at Vika. So that way we can have a solo show going on with something unusual and yeah, yeah, cool, so. quirky happening at the same time. And the, another th cool thing is that we have a wall space taking a small section of our gallery Valda Lake, who runs Wall Space, is an old friend of mine, and we decided we would try this for a while. So we've got this set up. She's really excited, and she's going to be showing stuff too. So and, and Wall Space is Wall Space is a gallery that has been for many years. They were on La Brea. Um, they they um, often hung their work salon style in a big gallery on La Brea. She um, has done. She's very proactive she gets her artists placed in movies and television and stuff like that she sells a lot and she'll have a booth at the LA art show mm -hmm. uh, this year as we will for the Fine Arts Film Festival um, that's that's really exciting so you'll when you come in you're gonna be wow this is a lot going on in here yeah I think yeah I'm excited to see it and so speaking of the LA art festival uh or excuse me the la art show uh and your um fine art film festival right or there there's a crossover there and then also the festival's coming out so yes maybe you can talk about that so the fine arts film festival um is a film festival devoted to films about art or related to the art world in some way so they can be a documentary about art they can be a, a narrative that has an artist in it um, generally, we get tons of films submitted to us that have relationships to this. Or the film can be a piece of art in itself. That can be an experimental film, a music video film, a VR film, or whatever. But it has to 
feel like it belongs in a museum or a gallery type thing. Or you can understand why it's in the festival because it's related to art. I mean, we've shown art heist films before, <laughs> right? So it's fun. It's a fun, fun, um, fun project. Yeah. So um, we've been... And this is in its like seventh year. Seventh year. Yeah. And so uh, the LA Art Show invited us three years ago to show films there. And then we thought that was fun. And then we earlier this year, we showed a, a selection of short films out at um, First World in Joshua Tree. Oh, right. with, and, and that went really well. Christy uh, Gutierrez, my partner in the film festival, uh, did that. And then um, LA Art Show invited us back this year. So we curated a, 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 an hour-long program of short films, one of which... Um, includes a film I collaborated on with May Sun about gun violence. Um, but it's, a, it's an art film that, it's kind of a swords to plowshares film. Anyway, this whole section of films, these short films, will be playing at the LA Art Show as you walk in. I'm not quite sure exactly which wall we'll be using, but you'll be able to go in and see the films, pick up a set of headphones and listen if you want mm. to. But we picked the films so that they you could watch them without sound if you wanted to and still get a lot out of them, mm -hmm. and they'll be in, they'll be next to the DJ booth in the LA Art Show when you go in. Art show is the LA Art Show. I believe is February fifth to February 9th. and the reason we scheduled our opening in our gallery on the eighth is because mm -hmm. the LA Art Show closes on around five or six o'clock on oh, that Saturday. Yeah, so you just wander over. And there's tons of other stuff going on. We just found out this week that. Um, Art Palm Springs is inviting us to bring... We did a show at the last gallery in Pedro called Painted Architecture, and it's artists from Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania who, who are either architects who paint or who paint architecture, artists who paint architecture. And we brought that show from the Baltics. And when we were done with the show, we thought, you know, we really want to try to find an, a bigger audience for these. Mm -hmm. So I kept them here. And uh, Art Palm Springs invited us to come back again this year as a cultural partner, so they gave us a booth. Oh, cool. So we're going to bring painted architecture out to Art Palm Springs the week after. And so the Estonian co-curator of the show is coming out from Estonia. Oh, he's going to go out to Palm Springs, yeah. and then I'm going to do, do freeze. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then he's going to do freeze, or you're I'm going to do. I'm going to do. You know, be doing business at freeze, hopefully. But he's going to be doing that. And um, it's really exciting, all the yeah, stuff going on. Yeah, a ton of stuff going on. Yeah. And so the the film festival, uh, although I think is at Beyond Baroque, right? The Beer film festival is in Beyond Baroque. The film festival is May 29th and 30th at Beyond Baroque uh, Literary Arts Center, which is in its 51st year now. We have a 100-seat theater there in Venice. Easy parking all around it. And uh, there's a VR section that will take place again this year at uh, Creative Technology Center, which is at the brewery. Oh. So like two or three weeks after, or maybe a week or so, at least a week or so after the main Fine Arts Film Festival event, there's a VR section where you can come in, put on the headsets, and watch okay. all the VR down there at, um, at Michael's uh, studio down there. Hmm. He's, Michael is, you know Michael, you probably know Michael Page. He uh, uh, was the bass player for the Stooges. Oh no! Thing. Yeah, and yeah. So he's and he's uh, 
he's a really cool guy and he's run he runs that studio with his buddy and uh it's got a big white site so we we screen these big vr films in front of this big white site so it's gigantic it's about you know god knows how many feet across so when you're in it you're in it it's cool and it fits like 50 or 60 people in there really easily and so um, people come in and they love it but it's pretty cool we have the film that you know the films that we've we we our first VR section was two years ago. Last year came off really well, and one of the films ended up in a super major film festival in Paris this year. Mm-hmm. Like so, you know there are VR festivals all around, but it's to me it's a technology that is going to play a larger part in the art world. I think mm-hmm. um, at, in terms of a technique to make art, mm-hmm. and so. Um, and it's exciting. It's technolo- technologically super advanced, and yeah. people make amazing stuff. And yeah, so, I, I, I'm only starting to learn about it myself, and I, I, I am ambivalent about it. But me, uh, I, I'm, I must say, I'm ambivalent about it too. Not in terms of its. Um, it's just it's so new, and it's so hard to, like it's like 3D movies. You know, you're not uh-huh. quite sure if you're there, or you can get there, but. Um, the more I get to know it, the more I enjoy it, and the people that are involved in it are so passionate about it yeah. that it's hard not. It's infectious their passion. So I just went with it. You know, <laughs> sure. it doesn't. It's not something I'm going to pick up like a pen and paper or a br- paintbrush anytime soon. But it certainly is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a, okay. So that's a, a now a week after the festival, which you mentioned was in May. Right. Okay, that so should we'll be hear more something. about that. You'll, you'll hear more about that. Yeah, okay. and there will be news all over the place, yeah. But the main thing that I want people to do is come down to the Bendix, come check us out. If you, um, for some reason, can't make it on February 8th. Right, and so most of this information we can find on vica.org, right? Ven- it? It's org. Okay. So venice.ica.org. Venice you can find all the information out. Now it's a matter of getting the show finished. We're almost finished installing it. The place is gorgeous. Yeah, I'm excited. To see it's it. got a beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, window on the east side. Um, it's seven stories up, so it's got a great view. I, you know, Gloria Ann Harris is an artist who's who deserves uh, recognition, and this is her first solo show since 1983. Wow. Uh, and it's well deserved. Why uh, did she step back from exhibiting and all that? That's a very important question. I'm glad you asked it. Uh, Glorianne is a. She grew up in this, you know, as an artist um, in the '60s, and started teaching other teaching art when she was in high school. She was that advanced. Wow. Uh, then. You know, she got her master's degree by the time it was 1970. So that's eight years of school, or no, excuse me, six years of school. Uh, she went to USC first and then Otis. And in those days, because of the boys' club and because the art world was mostly male, uh, being a female artist and getting your work uh, appreciated properly by the critics was almost impossible. It didn't really matter that there had been Georgia O'Keeffe or um, all the other wonderful female artists that have populated 
um, the art history that we know of now, um, people didn't pay attention to them. And when you were a female artist and you were beautiful, she's still beautiful, but she was a stunner. Mm. And so people didn't take her seriously mm. in terms of her intellect and her technique. They just, all they could do is look at her. Mm. And so being taken seriously as a female artist has been trouble for a lot of the artists whose work I've shown. In fact, I've focused on female artists a lot. Um, not, I don't talk about it a lot, but it just happens because it's been part of my life knowing this and trying to do something about it. And so uh, she was married to a well-known artist at the time. He was well-known at the time, but he got out of the art world eventually. And so she was attempting to make a statement about um, with her work, but she was being precluded from doing so because of her gender mm. and because of her looks. And she also had seen it all in the art world. And so, you know, along around the late 80s, early 90s, she basically said, you know what, I'm done. And I've met a lot of artists in town yeah. who, are, who've, who backed off the art world for years because they didn't want to go to openings and try to hustle shows when they saw that it was not getting results. And so she just willingly said, you know, I don't really need to go to openings uh, and try to get a show. I'll just paint. Um, she was, she'd do a show every year or two um, at the colleges she taught at. Mm -hmm. She'd be in faculty shows. Right. You know, people would contact her. She'd send her work out. But she just wasn't going to art openings. Right, right. And, and, um, and she didn't want to go to New York uh, because she loved L.A. So... Uh, she just naturally stepped back from the art world. It was her own choice. And, uh, and to this day, she's really not an opening. She doesn't hop do openings like yeah. I do. Um, she comes when, if I tell her there's a great opening, she'll come along. But she's basically been going to museums and... and she's uh, focused on her own work. And, totally. Know, that's awesome. Yeah. Totally. And it's... An, I mean, it, there's a lot to be said for that, as opposed to the, you know, the 90% hustle and that, you know, as opposed to 90% work. You're 100% true. Uh, there's a... There's an element of the hustle that a lot of artists get wound up in that's really difficult to manage. And if you are not equipped to be a hustler, it becomes... Um, very stressful yeah. and not productive for your aesthetic and sometimes you feel like you're not spending enough time on your art you're spending 20% making 20% of your time making your work and 80% hustling and I hear that over and over and over sure. again from artists well speaking of hustle you are the ultimate hustler you have the, <laughs> the things you got going on is opening a gallery you've got your film projects and then yeah. you're curating other shows yeah, uh, it, you know, you you are you are Charlie Hustle. <laughs> so um, once again, we got the uh, your gallery, Vika, opening February eighth, Saturday, seven to ten, and then the film festival in May. Yes, and that's at Beyond Baroque, and you yeah. know, so we'll we'll have more information about that as we get closer to it. But um, I'm. 
grateful you showed up, and thank you very much. For oh, thank you. Talk about yeah, and go go to uh, speaking of the ultimate hustle. Go to the, my Instagram page. The Instagram is Venice ICA, and go check us out because you know I've got a new person working on that part. I'm not so great with social media, but if you guys can <laughs> go check us out, that'd be great. All right, appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. Sure. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, bye. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, awesome. You've been listening to A.G. Geiger Presents, Tales from the L.A. Art Underworld. My guest tonight has been polymath Yuri Cole. You can follow Yuri on Instagram at Venice Institute of Contemporary Art and check out the gallery at veniceica.org. Don't forget this Saturday, January 25th at 6 p.m. in the store, critic, curator, and author Shana Nice Dambrot will be reading from and signing her new novella, Zen Psychosis. There's a launch party afterwards, and several of the galleries are going to be open on the road that night as well, so it'll be a fun time, and we hope to see you there. A.G. Geiger Presents is produced by me, Michael Delgado, in conjunction with the Mayfair Hotel and the music and artist management company Regime 72, as well as A.G. Geiger Fine Art Books. Please check us out at MayfairHotelLA.com, Regime72.com, and of course, A.G. Geiger.com. Thanks for listening.